This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday. Great to be with you. I'm on Twitter at James Erfine, at Locked On Bengals. And man, am I excited to be here. Uh, there's so much to get to, so much to discuss, and plenty of time to do it now that I'm back from a wedding. Congrats to the Caballeros. I thought I was going to have Wi-Fi. Instead, they dragged me to the middle of nowhere with no Wi-Fi, limited cell service, and I had a blast. But I also lied to you here on the Locked on Bengals podcast because I promised you a podcast on Thursday. Turns out I didn't have the ability. I could record one, but then I wouldn't have been able to post it because, well, there was no Wi-Fi, like I said. So great to be with you and uh, a lot to get to. As always, you can subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, honestly, wherever you get your podcast, including LockedOnBengals.com, where there's articles, thoughts on all 11 Bengals draft picks, and so much more in one spot, LockedOnBengals.com. I'm James Erpine, and we do this every single weekday to give you your bail, uh, your daily Bengals fix. And let's dive into it, because I, w- I was thinking about the draft, and I had like a three-and-a-half-hour drive home and I was thinking about the draft and what the Bengals did and the criticism of the draft. And there's criticism. There are critics about the draft and people that are upset at what the Bengals did. And look, I do get it. I understand it. But I also don't understand how you can hate this year's draft and hate last year's draft. And I've gotten some of those people. Like, if you hate one of the drafts, You can't hate the other. And honestly, I don't think you should hate either because they go hand in hand. And they go hand in hand because this year was the non-flashy, the go-get guys that are going to help you win ASAP type of draft. Not flashy guys, but again, guys that can help you right away. You think I'm crazy? Let's look at the list. Let's think about who they actually got, who they picked what they needed. They turned the 12th overall pick into a starting left tackle and a starting center. You might disagree with the center they took. You might have wanted them to move up to get a different center. Doesn't matter. Bottom line is, is they did that with the 12th pick. Mission accomplished. What have we talked about? How they needed to get better at left tackle, get better at center. It has been something that we've discussed for years. The center position has been an issue for longer than the left tackle spot. Rightfully so. The whole Andrew Whitworth leaving. So, with that said, makes sense. That makes sense to me. They got a safety I expected them to. If not in round two, then in round three. If they went speed linebacker in round two, I would have told you they're going safety in round three. What did they do? They went safety round two, speed linebacker round three, pass rusher round three. Makes a lot of sense to me. And when you look at the draft that they did this year, and you combined it with last year, it makes a lot of sense. Because now they've added multiple pass rushers, multiple defensive linemen, They've added multiple offensive linemen now. They've added a speed threat on the outside that they haven't had in John Ross. They've added two running backs, one in Joe Mixon, who they expect to be the bell cow, two in Mark Walton, who they expect to be a special teams ace, and a guy that if Giovanni Bernard or Joe Mixon gets dinged up is uh, a much better option to run the football than a guy like uh, Cedric Pierman, say. So to me, this draft goes hand-in-hand. And what it does 
is it puts the focus on one person. <laughs> one person. Not seven, not ten, not a bunch of different positions. No, no, no. Because, see, what's the narrative been? And rightfully so. Since Marvin Jones left town, since Mohamed Sanu left town, Andy Dalton doesn't have enough to win. Andy Dalton doesn't have enough to win. Heck, he, he had a worst offensive coordinator, lost weapons, and now what is he with? He loses his left tackle, loses a, a legitimate right tackle for a year, gets him back, but he's aged in Andre Smith. It's clear. Andy Dalton needed help, right? The Bengals tried to get him help last year, and they were hoping Paul Alexander would help on the offensive line. That didn't work. So the, the narrative of Andy's losing because... Well, he doesn't have enough weapons, and the offensive line stinks, and the offensive coordinator stinks. Well, the coach has gone on the offensive line. He has multiple new offensive linemen that are definitely upgrades. He's got a guy in John Ross who A.J. Green says is as explosive as he's seen him. He's healthy, and he's having a great offseason. To me, after all the moves, all the changes they've made, the guy with the most pressure on him is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton now has to show he can be 2015 Andy Dalton again. Did those hits take their toll, or can he be that guy? He's never had a running back in his career as good as Joe Mixon. Never. I, in my eyes, like, and that's my opinion, but the physical traits that Joe Mixon has, no one else has, that he's played with at the running back position has. He has A.J. Green back. He has Tyler Eifert back. He has this new offense and this new offensive coordinator. And, oh, by the way, the left tackle spot, it's filled. The center spot, it's the best center Andy Dalton's ever had in his career. Giovanni Bernard is now the second best running back in the backfield. He wasn't for a long time. There's depth. A guy like John Ross, you're going to laugh at me, has more potential than any other number two wide receiver that Andy Dalton's had in his career. With that, combined with the, the stability of a guy like Brandon LaFell, the reliability, I think, that will come with a guy like Tyler Boyd. The weapons, the coaches, the organization has given Andy Dalton every reason, every chance to succeed now. He should succeed in 2018. He should have a big 2018 season. And are all these things going to go right? Is Joe Mixon going to have a career year? And John Ross and uh, Billy Price going to be great? And Cordy Glenn going to be amazing? Probably not every single one of those things are going to happen. But I bet the majority will. I bet Tyler Eifert probably has a solid season. Or if not, Tyler Croft will have a solid season. I bet John Ross plays in more games, gets more than 17 snaps, gets some receptions, has an impact. I guess that Joe Mixon has more than 600 rushing yards next year. Heck, I think he could get close to 1,000, probably over that. Probably over 1,500 yards from scrimmage. In fact, I'm expecting a really, really big season from Joe Mixon. Point being, the pressure's on Andy Dalton. Or as I call him, Blandy Dalton. Because you can't swap out offensive coordinators because you complained about the, the prior one. You can't invest the ninth overall pick in a, a wide receiver that's supposed to help right away. A second-round pick in Tyler Boyd, who's now in year three, expected to help right away. You can't invest eight-plus million dollars potentially if he hits his incentives in Tyler Eifert. You can't fire the offensive line coach. You can't do all of these things and bring on new guys and make trades and do things and give him the best center he's had and then say, oh, well, it's not going to be on Andy. It is on Andy. 
it is entirely on Andy this year. I hope he comes through because then that means that John Ross and A.J. Green and Joe Mix, it'll be a fun offense again. But hell yeah, there's pressure on Andy. The narrative of, oh, the Bengals needed to draft a quarterback to put pressure on him? (laughs) No, I don't think so. In fact, I think it's the opposite. Andy, we believe in you. So we're giving you the keys to the ship. All of these different tools and resources deliver. That's where the pressure is. There isn't pressure in competing against someone. There's pressure when an organization brings you on and puts belief in you and invests in you all of these assets. Think about what they've done to build around Andy Dalton. Think about it. The 12th overall pick, left tackle. The 21st overall pick, center. The 9th overall pick, second wide receiver next to A.J. Green, who, who was the 4th overall pick, by the way. First round tight end. Second round running back, second round running back, fourth round running back. Second round right tackle in Jake Fisher. Think about it. They've built around him, fired the offensive coordinator. Overhauled the offense completely. Fired the offensive line coach. Overhauled the offensive line philosophy completely. Think about it. Digest it. This year, 2018, Pressure's on Andy Dalton. And if he delivers, that would be great. If he doesn't, there's no one else to blame. It's not Marvin. It's not Bill Lazor. It's not going to be John Ross or Joe Mixon or A.J. Green or Tyler Eifert. Because even if a couple of those guys get dinged up, he should have enough around him. The running backs, with the offensive line, with the coaching, to get it done. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. A lot on the website right now, LockedOnBengals.com, including my thoughts on all 11 draft picks. And if you're not looking for me and you want some other stuff, some other written word, my guy Russ Helpman wrote an impact meter, an article about the impact that every Bengals draft pick could potentially have. Check it out right now, LockedOnBengals.com. I wanted to get into something, and uh, th- this uh, has to do with Crybaby Ben Roethlisberger. So the those Steelers, they drafted a quarterback, and they drafted a guy that was on the Bengals' radar, and a guy I think the Bengals were going to draft, 77th or 78th overall in Mason Rudolph, even though reports indicate that they weren't. And to me, what's interesting about this whole Mason Rudolph thing is, well, how Ben Roethlisberger's reacted. I have two cuts for you that I want to play. This is Ben Roethlisberger on 97.3 The Fan in Pittsburgh, in response to a question about Mason Rudolph. You've told the Steelers this, I believe. Uh, you told your teammates after the after the season last year. Are you a little surprised they picked a quarterback so high in the draft? Um, yeah, I, I told them right away, so it wasn't like it was a, you know, a big surprise. I wanted them to know um, so they wouldn't have to, to worry about drafting a quarterback because, you know, you talk about guys um, being fair. I know Heath Miller made that, that when he retired. And when you, when you retire, you want to make that – known to the team because you want to be fair to the team you want to give them ample time to figure out your replacement or whatever so I wanted to make sure that there was no questions and they didn't have to think about it so I, I told them when the season was over I felt really good and had plan, was planning on coming back for you know three to five years exactly what I just told you guys um, so I was surprised when they took a quarterback because I, I thought that maybe in the third round you know you can get some really good football players that can help this team now and 
nothing against Mason. Uh, I, I think he's a great football player. I don't know him personally, but I'm sure he's a great kid. Um, I just don't know how, um, you know, backing up or being the, the third, who knows where he's going to fall in the depth chart, but helps us win now. But, you know, that's not my decision to make. You know, that's on the coaches and the, the, the GM and owner and those kind of things. So if they feel like he can help our team, um, so be it. But I was a little surprised. Let's get a little bit more from Ben, and then I'll give you my thoughts on this. Here's Ben Roethlisberger again. The question, the answer, this is about two minutes long. Ben, because of the way that the Steelers have built up the Rudolph pick and the way that they've promoted it and advertised it, saying they had a first-round grade on him, will you feel any extra or added responsibility to take him under your wing? Do you think you'll have to do that? Uh, Well, I I don't think I'll need to now. He said that he doesn't need me. So if he asked me a question, I might have to just point to the playbook, you know? Have you talked to him no, yet, Ben? Uh, I have not talked to him yet. Uh, I don't think they're in town yet. Um, I think that the biggest thing is I need to get myself prepared to play, right? I mean, that's that's first priority. Um, you know, I've, I've in the past, I've helped Landry with stuff. I've helped Josh if they have questions. But but first priority is getting myself ready to play because I, as far as I know, I'm still the starter. So I need to get myself ready to go, ready to play, to win a championship. Ben, I think first and foremost, people were interested in your reaction to the pick, but how about Josh Dobbs, a guy that gets picked last yeah, year as a fourth rounder? Now he might feel like he's getting squeezed out, or he's the odd man out. Have you talked to him? Those, him and Landry, the two guys I felt the, the worst. For, I'll be honest, I'm, I wasn't worried about him coming and taking my job. I, I feel confident that I can go out and beat whoever I need to beat out to get for my job. That's just the confidence kind of I have in myself. And I do feel bad for those guys because you know Landry's still the one in, and, and I don't know what what's going to happen. I assume Landry's still the two. I, I don't really know. Um, you know, and, and Josh, same thing last year. He taken in the fourth round. Um, you know, so does it mean the Steelers, like, screw up in that pick? Like, do they think that, that he wasn't the one that they thought, or has he not developed the way they thought? Why else would you take a quarterback in the third round the next year? Ben, I straight, so, up, I I straight up asked Kevin that yesterday. He said he won't keep four quarterbacks. I mean, that's not going to happen. So did they screw up the pick? I don't know. That's did they great... mess up a pick last year, or was he not as good as he thought? Well, they... I, I don't know, and I feel bad because Josh puts a lot of work in. Now, maybe Josh, and I know that I sorry, I shouldn't say I don't know. I wouldn't think they'd get rid of Mason, right, and keep Dobbs and Landry. I wouldn't think. Maybe they're trying to find trade me away or something. I don't know. That's Ben Roethlisberger on 97.3 The Fan. He's a big damn baby. He's a big crybaby. He's been whining and bitching and moaning for years now about how he was going to retire or close to retiring or going to retire and he's going to walk away and maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Remember he said that after he threw five picks this past year in October against the Jaguars? What the hell, Ben? What's your problem? I don't understand you. Oh, I told him I wanted to play. You eat baloney. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you chug beers, you're out of shape, you're not on the TB12 diet, and you talked about, well, retiring. So you expect an organization that, hey, let's be honest here, a really well-run organization like the Steelers, they're not going to have a backup plan, especially a guy like Mason Rudolph, who some had in the first round, everybody had in the second round, and he fell to round three. You're just, if you play well, None of it matters. We could have got an impact player in the third round. You need to be an impact player. You need to work on your health. You need to work on your diet. Like, if I'm a Steelers fan and I hear that, Ben, shut up. Maybe they didn't like uh, Josh Dobbs from Tennessee. Maybe they don't feel comfortable going with the, the backup who I, whose name sleeps my mind, even though he just said it. 
that, that to me, if he's your backup and he's successful, it would be like Giovanni Bernard getting upset that the Bengals picked Mark Walton. And, and it's stupid because if Giovanni Bernard gets a, a twisted ankle for a couple games and Mark Walton comes in and has success, well, then it helps the team. Ben Roethlisberger has a history of injuries. If Mason Rudolph is an upgrade at the backup quarterback position, why not get him in there? How does that not help the team? The the Steelers have dealt with Ben's injuries for years and years and years. And now, because they pick a backup quarterback, well, what if you go down, Ben? Don't get mad. Why would you get mad? To me, it, it makes sense. By the way, Landry Jones is the other guy. He's in a contract year, though. It makes zero sense for him to act like that and to say that and go on record saying that. So, Big Ben, you're a big damn baby. And uh, this is the quarterback edition, clearly, of today's Locked on Bengals podcast. We started with pressure on Andy Dalton. I don't think there's pressure on Ben Roethlisberger because Mason Rudolph is there. There's pressure on Ben Roethlisberger because you have only so big of a window to win. Le'Veon Bell is in a contract year. Antonio Brown is in his prime. You have to win now if you're the Steelers, especially if you're Big Ben. Getting a backup plan at quarterback for the long term and upgrading a backup quarterback for the short term just in case an old, out-of-shape, baloney cheeks Ben Roethlisberger is on the team and at any time could get injured, to me it makes sense. The Patriots did it. The Patriots did it instead of drafting a premium player in the second round they took a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo it matters having that backup plan is important especially when you have an aging quarterback 35 year old Ben you seen that guy run lately looks like a refrigerator trying to roll on AstroTurf he runs slow I'm James Erpine This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Sorry, I heard that. It was just ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. Tomorrow, we'll dive into the Bengals draft. I'm getting uh, a couple guests on. We'll look around the division, too. We're going to get everything cleaned up here after the draft. Look at what the other teams in the division have done. Until then, I'm James Rapine. Subscribe, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, including LockedOnBengals.com. And until next time, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. <laughs>